and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, ahead of mating start date, Stuart Childs gives tips and advice on selecting the correct sires to match the breeding goals of your herd of dairy cows. So there's a couple of weeks, I suppose. Some people are starting AI at this stage, but the... Um the vast majority of people aren't going to be starting until the last week of the month or early uh, the first week of next month. So we're just going to recap on kind of uh, an overall guideline that Chagasker after issuing to people um, in relation to breeding targets for this year. Uh, and then we're just going to have a look at how breeding can actually influence the performance of your herd or the direction of your herd into the future. So I just, in, I just have two cases where I suppose there's been less emphasis put on the selection of bulls throughout the last number of years, and more of an emphasis being put on it now uh, versus a herd that has had a constant focus on trying to um, improve the breeding um, with the farmer having a, a greater input into the breeding decisions for the farm themselves than in herd B's case, we'll say. So I'll just uh, start to share here. Um, so the objective this year is that um, we're I suppose George has always issued this um, table here in relation to trying to set thresholds for the individual bulls, obviously, in a team average. <clears throat> Why do we do that? I suppose, we're, look, we're trying to improve EBI, and I, I would hope that very, there'll be very few people on the call are going to say that EBI hasn't delivered for, for them. Um, we have research to show that the, it's delivering two euro for every one euro increase in EBI, so that's a very positive thing. Fertility has improved dramatically on farms, and that has been driven by uh, the improvement in the fertility index within EBI as well. And as you can see here, health is a focus as well. Now, Donna, when you talk to Donna about it, while fertility hasn't gone off his radar, health is something that's more coming into his line of sight now, and that's something that he's focusing on a lot. Uh, I suppose the information that's feeding in there isn't hugely um, fantastic in terms of when you compare it to the fertility data, which has obviously been generated through registrations, uh, dates of, of calving, etc., and milk data coming in through recording, obviously, as well. Uh, the health thing is, is something that is going to become more important, though. So just on the team average, I suppose, one uh, little thing that annoys me probably in one sense is that there's prob uh, probably a tendency for people to focus on actual EBI itself, maybe picking bulls, uh, when they don't put a bit of thought into it. Um, really what we should be looking at is probably these traits down here. Uh, fertility is accounting for 33-4% of your EBI figure anyway. Milk is accounting for something similar. So if you get these figures right for, for your own farm, we'll say or focus on the, the traits that need to be improved on your own farm, uh, be it milk or fertility or both, uh, and I would say it's probably a, com a combination of both all the time anyway. Fertility cannot be forgotten. I don't think we're, we haven't reached utopia in terms of fertility by any manner or means yet. It's going to naturally drive your EBI figure. So I suppose, well, I've just said that there's a two-euro return for every one-euro increase in EBI. The, the reality of it is, is that we shouldn't be focused on picking on EBI itself. There are Targets within your own herd, and um, they are going to be specific to your herd. So you and your neighbour should may pick the same team of bulls, but you may not have may not get the same outcome. Um, and it's important that people focus on that, in that they concentrate on what's important for their farm because it's specific to their farm. So 
I suppose what I would say about this team average in in consultation with George, look, there was a change, uh, I suppose, last year in the um, data from, from ICBF as well in terms of the genomic emphasis was reduced a small bit, as you'd be aware of. So this target was actually higher last year because I suppose the EBIs of the bulls that were coming through were slightly higher as well. Slightly inflated due to the genomics and the correction factor that was brought in uh, would have reduced that. So we actually reduced this as well then, but there's a, another reason for reducing that team average this year, as well as the fact that maybe, now bull, there are bulls that are up on, I think 346 is money in Rio, the top bull on the list this year. So there's, there is scope to pick on EBI if people wanted to pick on EBI. But as I said, the, um, we've reduced this team average because we want to stretch out the, the, the capacity for people to pick bulls on, on the top uh, 75 active bull list. Um, because when we have that team average too high, it drives too many people to the top of the list. And we have a problem on farms, uh, and many of you will probably have been on discussion group calls with the ICBF guys over the last number of months. They've done a lot of calls with people. <clears throat> and the general trend is that more people are, spent, are prioritizing too much use of individual bulls. Uh, and we need, that's probably been driven by this team average figure being slightly too high. So if we keep that, a little bit lower, it gives us the scope to drop as low as 200 euro, we'd say EBI, um, and to use the term drop is probably incorrect, but we can use a bull at 200 and we're going to be using maybe bulls at 300 and obviously our team average is going to be 250. Uh, and in a lot of cases that's going to result in significant genetic gain within farms uh, because we're coming from somewhere around maybe 130, 140 of a national average um, EBI. So there's good scope in terms of that. So I suppose what we're trying to emphasize this year and, and like people may have sire advice run already, but there's no reason that you can't run it again. You can run sire advice repeatedly. Uh, but if you're, if you're focusing too much on the top um, echelons of the EBI active bull list, chances are is you're not actually going after the individual traits that you need to go after for your own herd. So the fertility figure then, I suppose, look, the team average of 120. Our objective here is to try to get daughters on the ground next year. Uh, and some people will be achieving this and more people won't that are going to be at least 85 euros for fertility. Now, George has done research uh, or kind of looked at figures down through the years uh, where he's comparing fertility data, uh, phenotypic fertility data. So how actual daughters are performing on the ground versus their actual fertility sub-index. And before the base change came in a couple of years ago, the objective was to try to get to 125 euro for fertility, that that was going to generate a daughter that was going to calve on a 365 day calving interval, genetically speaking anyway. I would say obviously there are a whole lot of management factors that come into fertility as well that have to be, be um, factored into, but they don't factor in in the EBI. The EBI is looking at the actual genetic performance. So because of that base change, then that 125 came back to uh, 85 euro. And work um, that the lads in ICBF have done looking at the figures with UCD, where the high performance uh, or high output herds, high output herd is, is in concerned, would be suggesting that we should be pushing that figure higher, so closer to 100 even. And that will be true for a lot of you because there are a lot of you now beginning to produce high milk solids output from your herd. So, 450 is a thing of the past in a lot of your cases. 
and they're now moving maybe into that 500 to 550 bracket and we even have herds that are gone from the 550 to 560 uh, up towards 600 bracket and the emphasis on fertility within that system is even greater than in the kind of the 500 kgs of milk solids situation because there's obviously a higher output higher demand in terms of milk output uh, which can potentially impact on fertility that's what got us into the the situation that we were in pre-1995 with the old RBI system where the focus was on milk, no focus on fertility. So we have to continue to focus on the fertility uh, even in the situation where we may, might have a strong fertility sub-index currently, um, but our milk sub-index is, is moving on. The, the genomics have brought forward a lot of high-quality bulls in terms of delivering milk solids now in particular, uh, and the fertility data that's behind them is, is, isn't very reliable as yet because a lot of those genomic bulls haven't three or four years in the system to actually start generating strong fertility data. So we need to keep pushing that figure as much as we could we can because at the moment we're depending on that genomic fertility figure to be correct, which is it will be to a large extent, but obviously we need to continue to focus on it. So in terms of the mix of index, look, we'll look at it in a little bit more uh, detail in a minute. Um, in terms of the two herds that we're looking at, the, we should be we can we can improve dramatically the herds that we are dealing with within the country by focusing on that mix of index um, quite significantly as well. And when I talk about focusing on mix of index, I really talk about focusing on kgs of milk fat and protein and uh, percentages of protein more so than yield. Bear in mind that. We, the, the base cow in the EBI is capable of producing somewhere in the region of six and a half to 6,700 litres of milk. And the vast majority of herds out in, the, out in the country that I know of aren't currently producing that kind of level of volume of milk on, a, on an average basis across the herd. So there is no major demand in any herd that I'm aware of that I see to add more milk into their herds. Um, some herds are actually producing quite significant quantities of milk, volumes of milk and quantities of milk solids, and they're floating around the zero and even in negative ter territory for milk kgs. So the emphasis on milk kgs is something that people should forget about. Uh, yes, there's scope, as, as we might see in a minute, um, to select strong, positive um, milk bulls in some cases because Using the sour advice, they're going to be spread out across the herd and the high milk bull will be put on the low milk volume cow. But we don't want to push that figure too far, I think. Uh, so I, I like it to be positive. As I said, there are herds there that are negative that are capable of producing very high, uh, delivering very high liters and milk solids as well. But the emphasis should be on the fat kilos, and milk kilo, protein kilos and the percentages as well. Then in terms of the health, I suppose, uh, what the, the health aspects that are feeding into the EBI currently would predominantly be around lameness and um, somatic cell count and so forth. Obviously, the somatic cell count figures are coming through milk recording, so that's good data coming into that. But the lameness stuff wouldn't be recorded on farm too much. Mastitis uh, information isn't recorded very much either. Uh, from It might be recorded on the farm, but it's not being fed back into ICBF. So if, if you are using apps such as, we'd say, Herdap or um, Herdwatch or Monster Bovine's uh, current app or new app, they, they will start feeding data back. So if you record your mastitis incidences on them, it's going to be good from the point of view of 
selective trichotherapy that we've talked about at the latter half of last year um, and identifying quarters that have had problems. So when it does come to drying off cows later on in the year that you will be aware that the cow had an issue, it's good to have that information recorded on uh, somewhere. And as I said, there is some of it being recorded on farm and not, not moving from the farm and it's good that you have your own records. But if you can actually take that step and start sending that data back to ICBF, true uh, phone device would say, um, it's obviously lending to better breeding program into the future as well. So the focus I would say is to try and emphasize that fertility and the milk sub-indexes in, uh, predominantly, I suppose, but maintenance comes into it as well, and I have a slide on that now in a second. Uh, and the health aspect, we will be looking for people to try and select positive bulls if possible. Um, and as I said, the EBI should follow the bottom of that. And if you select on the right on those traits, uh, cor the correct, correct direction on those traits, you're going to get a natural uh, strong team in terms of EBI. So don't focus on the EBI, focus on the traits. But what you need to do is look at your EBI report. Uh, there's a scorecard that will have been sent out to all of you as well in the last couple of weeks. So you'll know where you should be looking at, uh, at to strengthen in particular. So in many cases, we see that that fertility figure is okay, but can continue to be improved. So three to four star ratings for a lot of those that I've seen. And so there's still room for improvement in that. And we need to continue to focus on that. So just to bear, bear that in mind, okay? So just the numbers of bulls, again, I suppose it's important that we spread the risk. We are dealing with genomics. And again, I will find, I think, I know there are people out there that will argue about genomics, uh, whether it's been good or bad. For me, it's been an excellent uh, tool for Irish dairy farmers. It has really brought forward the black and white uh, element of the, the um, breeding program in leaps and bounds from where it was or where it would be if we didn't have genomics. Yes, there are weaknesses in it, but I think I'd rather have it with its weaknesses than to have uh, not have it at all. The problem that we have is that we have people, again, focusing too much on the list and not enough on, on the numbers of bulls that they're using. And yes, I know from talking to AI technicians, it's a headache in one sense for them that they can have an awful lot of bulls to be um, used in, in individual farms on any one given day, which can be challenging for them, obviously, but they, they have ways of managing it. So they, they'll get around it. Uh, as long as the communication between you, the herd owner, and the eye technician is good in the first place, I think it, it's it's not a, a, an insurmountable task for them to, to deliver on that. So just, I suppose, to emphasize the herd sizes, look, I suppose, uh, two areas that I focus on particularly, I suppose, would be Kerry and, and Dairy Gold um, in, the, in the region that I'm covering. And the average herd size is in that 50 to 100 bracket of cows. So I suppose we're talking about 100 to 150 bracket for uh, including heifers then in, in that kind of a scenario. So the average herd size is in around 90 mark in both cases. Um, and that would mean that we need to be picking at least a minimum of eight bulls. And this 34% here is highlighting the fact that we have, in general, we're probably getting a an emphasis of 34% uh, on one particular bull across the, these um, inseminations that have been taking place on a lot of farms. So, we're not using enough bulls. So I suppose if you crudely, uh, look, I suppose the, the target that ICBF have said is that there will be no more than 15% of any one bull being used at a, across the entire uh, group of stock that are being bred. So that, in, that basically means that you won't be using more than 15 or 16 straws in a 100 cow herd. 
scenario of any one bull. Now, there's two elements to that. We're all aware of uh, failures in fertility in some, some bulls, even though they're passing their tests um, at, the, at the lab's level. And obviously, that, if you have an awful lot of that bull selected, you're very exposed to that weakness in the fertility. So if you spread your risk, you're winning from the point of view of reducing the, the risk of any individual bull dropping, which they will uh, in, in EBI. Uh, or, and you're also avoiding that potential risk of a bull that maybe just may tank in fertility for whatever reason that may be. So spreading the risk is an important thing from both a genetic gain point of view, uh, not putting all your eggs in one basket in terms of, oh, I've picked the number one bull or I've picked the number two bull. He's, EBI is 330 or 340, I'm going to really drive my EBI on. For whatever reason, that bull then drops quite significantly. Uh, and as I said, this can happen. Bulls will rise, bulls will fall. And that is the nature of the game. And the way to get around that is not to have all your emphasis on one particular bull. So we have seen a situation where there is a fairly significant herd size. Uh, I think it was in the region of 200 to 250 cows, where there was one bull used across the entire herd. That is a genetic suicide in one sense, like basically, the, like I think it worked out okay in that the, the stock were, the, the bull has performed well in EBI terms, he hasn't dropped that significantly. Uh, however, the, the, the risk was there that the bull would drop and also there's risk of inbreeding, etc., etc. So I can't emphasize the importance of using a, a good team of bulls and like you can see here, as I said, at least eight, probably looking at the eight to 10 bracket for the vast majority of people. Um, and spreading, spreading that risk in terms of genetic terms and also uh, risk around fertility failure of a bull or anything like that, okay? So important to emphasize that and, and to, for people to focus on that. And as I said, I've seen people that have run sire advice, they don't have enough bulls used, they need to go back and run that again. Uh, the other thing that can be said about sire advice, the lads in ICBA for, uh, promoting it obviously and I, I would think that we we had we made a nice bit of ground last year in terms of the numbers of sire advice that are done there um nearly up to three thousand last year but like there's still seventeen thousand dairy herds in the country and we've only three thousand people using sire advice i think we should be trying to push that on to get more and people should be trying to follow it so but just in terms of uh, fresh semen program actually was something I didn't realize until the other day talking to Kevin Downing is that uh, obviously there are different bulls on for different weeks and people can actually update the uh, run the sire advice every week for the different group of bulls that are going to be on and make sure that they're allocated to the right cows um, for, so obviously the bulls will differ from week to week with the fresh semen program but they're not going to be necessarily appropriate to put on the, every cow and uh, so um, you need to run the sire advice to see which bull should be going on which cow out of that fresh semen program. And that can be done on a weekly basis. Uh, and if you want to make a change to a bull or a bull becomes unavailable, you can update your sire advice as well. And that can update into the uh, technician handheld as well. So to make sure that there's no problems there. So sire advice, fantastic tool, not been made enough use of across the entire dairy farming population. Uh, again, I'm probably going to assume that talking to the people that uh, are tuned in here will probably are on sire advice already but just to make you aware that you can constantly update or adjust that throughout the breeding season if you want to as well as looking at your um, fertility reports in terms of submission rates etc so, so great great information in ICBF that can be made use of during the course of the breeding season as well so just on the maintenance I mentioned that a while ago I suppose just to highlight what, what it is 
There's zero euro maintenance is a 640 kg cow. I suppose we're generally tending to see maintenance figures. Uh, Jersey figures are beginning to head into the 30s, maybe even into up to the 50s. But you can see that that'll result in a, a small enough um, mature animal. Whereas the 20 euro here uh, is, is going to give you somewhere in the region of the 540, 550 kgs. And obviously 10 euro is going to be intermediate to that. So I've, somewhere around 590 to 600 kg kind of animal. Now that's, uh, again, that's dependent on how people manage stock. If you really drive heifers uh, to be into big weight as young stock, they will mature into heavier stock as, as cows, but they, this is what their capacity is in terms of genetics. Um, and you can supersede that genetics by, by pushing them up further. There's no need to, but some people do actually end up with quite big cows, even though their maintenance index maybe um, in this region here of 10 to 20, but, but it's just because they're actually pushing the mine quite significantly as heifers. Um, so the, the risk of that, of course, is that uh, heifers lay down fat into the other tissue rather than growing um, growing well and may not perform as you would like to see them perform into the future then. So just that sub maintenance sub-index, where would we like it to be? I suppose there's probably, there's two schools of thought, some uh, people, are focused on reducing body weight and getting uh, one for one kgs of milk solids per kg of body weight. I would think that I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do I buy into that argument? In that, I think if you have cows that are in that region of somewhere between five forty and five ninety, and in reality, even if they're at five ninety, there are a lot of cows now uh, producing. When you look at milk recording reports, that are producing one key, a kilo in excess of a kilo of uh, milk solids for per kilo of body weight. Um, now, the theory is that that maintenance sub-index, obviously, the lower that is, the less uh, energy that the animal expends on maintaining their body. So there is an element of that in it. And again, I suppose the team of bulls that you pick can have a range here. You may have some quite low maintenance, um, or sorry, high maintenance, euro maintenance figure cows in your herd already, and you're looking to maybe pull them back up a little bit again. Um, and you could tend to use a negative figure here to try and put a bit of size into those if that's what you want to do. Uh, but in general, I suppose we're probably in or around, again, I see kind of eight, nine, ten is common enough figure that I see for maintenance on uh, EBI reports looking at them. So again, it's up to, I suppose, what is the breeding goal of, or what are the breeding goals for individual farms in terms of the animal size that they want, uh, no different to the fertility sub-index, what are you trying to drive there, or the milk sub-index, what are you chasing in that area? So look, this is just um, an example of two herds. Uh, herd A is the herd that has probably put a bit more emphasis onto the selection of bulls um, over the last number of years. And we'll look at herd B in a minute. You can see that the trend here in terms of um, percentages and kilos of fat and protein is upward more or less on an ongoing basis, uh, um, give or take with, I would say, with a bit of move and a bit of staticness in the fat in a couple of years here. But you can see that the genetic potential of the young stock coming through is in terms of milk kgs, there hasn't been a huge emphasis on change in that. You can see the 2020 calves that will be AI this year are only plus 35 in this herd, coming off the, the base of the herd being 46 for the whole herd and actually coinciding that the 2021 calves that have been born this year have a similar uh, kgs for milk, obviously at 46, but you can see that there's 
an extra nearly four kilos of fat in them and another 2.5 odd kilos of protein in the young stock coming through. And in terms of percentages, we're up 0.07 and we're up 0.05 in the young stock barn this year. Um, in terms of fertility, obviously then the emphasis is on fertility in this herd as well to continue to focus on that. 58 for the herd, uh, young stock to be bred this year are at 73 and the calves born this year are at 84, constant improvement in that. I suppose, interestingly enough, there's been a kind of a, a, a stalling in the, in the um, milk sub-index here, probably coming off the back of probably a lower fat figure uh, resulting here than what was expected, which is obviously uh, impacted on the milk sub-index here as well. But look, again, that's probably just down to changes in maybe bulls that were selected or whatever. Then, and as the DBI that her then is, is 150, young stock coming through at 199, so it's just nearly the 200 euro. Uh, I suppose we would like to see this being slightly higher, but obviously this hasn't materialized the way it would have been hoped. Uh, and there's, we would like to see maybe 10 euros of a difference between those two groups, uh, or maybe with it even to manifesting itself into, into greater gain when they come into the herd. On the other hand, then we have a herd that would probably have started in a stronger position in terms of EBI relative to that other herd going back a couple of years. Uh, similar enough in terms of the, the EBIs of the young stock coming through. Um, but we can see if we flick back here that there's probably, there's greater percentages. Now the kilos are strong here, all right. Um, similar enough, I suppose, in reality. But there's the kilos of milk, the actual kgs of milk are stronger here um, on, on this herd because the emphasis has probably been on that milk volume aspect of it, even though this herd is quite high performing herd in that sense already, and not a huge emphasis on percentages and kilos, which you can see has manifested itself through here. So we started to focus a little bit more, or we got the focus turned on to the kilos a little bit more in the last couple of years here. But you can see that throughout that herd there, there hasn't been huge lifts in performance or, or significant lifts in performance um, relative to what there could have been potentially. Again, now fertility is going in the right direction. The milk sub-index is going in the right direction as well. Um, but the emphasis hasn't been enough on the actual constituents as well. It's been more on volume uh, focusing the in that and looking at EBI predominantly on its own. So I suppose when you do focus on EBI alone, obviously the contribution of fertility and milk to it will mean that you lift it. But I I will make the counter argument that you should focus on these first and and hope to get this coming out of the bottom of it. Then, so in summary, I suppose the the objective is that um, the focus should be on EBI but to a greater extent, the focus should be on the components of the EBI. So what's important for your herd? So fertility is a key underpinning factor in grass-based dairy systems that we are operating in Ireland. And we need cows to calve in a 365-day interval, ideally, obviously they don't all do that, but we need to have a compactness in our calving. So we need to continue to focus on fertility. The risk that we run is that because milk sum index is improving so well, and you will see that if you look at catalogs from last year and catalogs from this year, we're getting very strong increases in both percentages and kilos of, of fat and protein um, coming through year on year. And if we go down that rabbit hole of just focusing on those um, and continue to boost them up, 
we are going to probably see a, a, a similar fall off in our um, fertility performance potentially because of that emphasis towards milk. If without an emphasis, a continued emphasis on fertility is going to compromise the fertility performance of the herd or has the potential to com compromise the fertility performance of the herd. In terms of the maintenance, I suppose, look, that feeds into the fertility aspect as well, obviously. If we have big, big, rangy North American type Holstein cows, which we would have had here in the past on trial, obviously, they spend a lot of time eating grass just to, to, kind of, to maintain their body, to walk around, to be able to eat. Uh, and then they had that ten tendency to produce milk as well subsequently. So the fertility was the forgotten element of that then. So by having a nice body maintenance, I suppose, and as I said, I think that 10 to 15 euro bracket is, is a nice size cow, good, stre good strength in the cow, um, but good body size as well, because I suppose, look, we have, to have, we have to have that thought process in the back of our head around, okay, we're dairy farming maybe, but there is an element in relation to the, the beef calf that's going to be generated from that uh, as well. So having a bit of strength in the, in the cow is probably no harm in that sense in, uh, in terms of a body maintenance size as well. Um, and then obviously, I suppose after, the, the, there's a cow element to it as well. So there's, there are cows in every herd that shouldn't get a dairy straw uh, and they should be bred to beef. And we have a lot more information now in the last couple of years than we would have had in relation to beef on dairy. Um, and there are good bulls out there that aren't going to add seven and eight and 10 days to calving intervals for people in terms of getting beef calves out of, the, out of cows uh, and have the potential to generate a reasonable animal for it to be sold at, at a market or sold uh, privately to somebody relative to a Frisian bull or a, a poor Frisian heifer that you're going to get off of a poor animal in the first place. So there's a bit of herd, herd dam selection required as well. I suppose there's two elements to that. People can probably do a very broad sweep of the brush and kind of say, okay, I'm not going to breed anything under um, anything under a, a, so much, a certain euro of EBI. Uh, but I think you probably need to look at what uh, cows are doing on, on the farm for you, what they're, how they're performing overall. I suppose you can use the, the cow index uh, maybe to a certain extent to, to look at uh, cows that aren't going to perform long term. We'd say they're older cows generally, a lot of cases in the cow index. So maybe they're just past their performance they're doing a good job as they are currently milking but in terms of breeding or replacement from them you don't want to use them for that so you could choose them there and the other thing that you can do then is just to go through milk recording reports see how cows are performing in terms of milk recording look at their fertility figure maybe as well then on their ebi report to see how they're going there but just to knock off the if you're not happy with how a cow is performing and um, in terms of she's now a mature cow within your herd um, but you don't like how she's operating or performing within the herd for you, then you don't really want to be breeding a replacement from her, I would think. So um, if you have any questions, pop them in there in the chat. Um, but other than that, I think we'll wrap it up with that. So I suppose, as I said, there's a couple of weeks left. Um, new EBI run there a couple of weeks ago, so uh, new bulls on the list. Um, maybe I'll just I'll pop onto that there just to see the active bull list, which is one second. Okay, so this is the, the new active bull list as of the 23rd of March. Um, so the new run was done there. So for the first time ever, we've more in Rio. Uh, I think uh, Jersey, uh, Jersey Bull that has made it to the top of the list. 346 euro EBI, 85 for milk and 194 for fertility. 
Um, 50 for calving, minus 39 for beef, obviously. Maintenance figure of 41, uh, as I said, would be quite a strong figure for, for maintenance. Um, so, and a good strong health figure then as well. And look, there's a lot more information when you click into those bulls, you get the actual percentage performance as well on them. If you look at it on the PDF version of it, you're going to see um, all the details in relation to percentages of protein, kgs of fat and protein as well, which is where you probably want to be looking. Uh, and as I said, look, when you look at that team of bulls there, it's going to, if you look at the top 10 alone, 290 up to 346, uh, is 290 to 250, 350, so you have 60 euros. You, you have a team average there of 310 basically in the top 10 bulls. So you're well ahead of the average that we've recommended there uh, or that you need to be in, in excess of. But I, I would say that, like obviously, as I've said throughout the course of the, of the conversation there this morning, um, we don't want you to be focusing on that EBI figure uh, necessarily. Like, um, So like if you have a weakness in fertility in your herd, um, say it's very low and you really need to bunk it up, then maybe these two bulls aren't going to play a role for you. So pivotal at 104, maybe he's not going to do enough. No, I'm I'm just uh, I'm being extreme there. Maybe say say we have a very low fertility subindex and we're trying to get uh, heifers on the ground of 85, um, then using a bull that's at 100 uh, currently at 100 uh, isn't going to get you to where you want to. No, maybe it's not achievable in one step. Obviously, if the fertility subindex is low already but uh, the idea is that we can actually um, pick further down along this list so like that's the top 25 we'll go to the last page here now oh sorry that's uh i'm going too far down now uh, so we'll just take top 75 so we've got to the end of page three should bring us to the top 75 we've 247 ebi there on the last bull or we'll say on the 75th bull um, so his fertility is weak there, obviously, or is, is lower than you'd like, maybe. Um, so he's, that's undermining his EBI, we'll say, but you have a strong EBI figure there for fertility and uh, money in Nairobi there. So like, he's a, he's a potential option for somebody that's looking to go after fertility. His EBI is 247. There's no issue with uh, using that bull, even though he's 74th on the list. Um, and I suppose... You can take any one of those bulls there. They have pros and cons maybe for different elements. Um, again, you have to look at the detail behind them. Some of those strong milk sub-indexes can be driven, as I said, by kilos of milk, and that's a dangerous area to be going into. So be cautious in selecting those. So I would say that uh, just be aware that that list is there for a reason. It's, uh, there, was a, there, was a, there was a suggestion recently that we should actually rank bulls alphabetically rather than on the list here to stop people just going to the top of the list and trying to choose them that way um, because obviously that's driving us down that rabbit hole of too many people using too many it's, it's narrowing the the, uh, the usage of bulls obviously as well so look um, there's a question in about the sync program for heifers it's actually something i'm going to cover next week if that's okay and um, i'll do a fairly comprehensive review of the whole synchronization element and uh, i was also going to look at the sex semen element as well again people a lot of interest in sex semen in the last uh, number of weeks um, and while we've done a good bit of stuff on it throughout the organization already i think it's no harm to just go to it again so uh, i'll look at the synchronization programs next week uh, and also the sex semen so we'll if there's no further questions we'll leave it at that and again apologies in relation to last week and apologies for the minor delay at the start there this morning and thanks for your continued um patience and tuning in there every week 
Uh, we wish you well for the week and look forward to talking to you next week. So bye for now and take care. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.